0: Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. The reason we have Father's Day ultimately is to honour the fathers and the dads and the men in our lives. That's what it's about because being dad is not easy And uh, particularly in this day and generation in which we live. In actual fact, Dr. James Dobson says, Good fathers are made, not born. He goes on to say that to be a good father, we need a model and an example of a father that we can pattern ourselves after. And that quote reminds me of a verse in the Bible, found in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, written by Paul the Apostle, when he said this, he said, Even though you have thousands of guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the Gospel. And I think that, Passage of scripture has never been truer than it is today. We have thousands of guardians. Uh, To me, a modern day guardian, remember this was written about 2,000 years ago, but a modern day guardian would be all the podcasts and all the books and all the advice that is out there, of which can be helpful, but it has its place. Those guardians, those books, those podcasts must never take the place of a father. In your life, and Paul says, "I became a father." In other words, it's something that I did. It's based upon the decisions that I made in order to become a father. As, as I say that, though, I realise there's no such thing as a perfect earthly father. We are all flawed. I try my best to be the best dad I can, but gee, I, I've made a number of mistakes. In actual fact, one of my kids just this week lined me up and, and uh, you know came to me and said, "Dad." Uh, I, I need to apologize to you about something, but before I do that, I just need to you know I'm too mad to do that right now. And, and, and because something you said yesterday and something you put on me, and, 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 and they proceeded uh, to talk about what that was, and I, I just looked at them and said, Man, I've never been proud of you, prouder of you than I am right now. What an incredibly mature response. I was able to apologize for my part, they were able to apologize for their part, and uh, we are closer than we've ever been before. And I thought, Wow. I love being a parent, but I'm certainly not a perfect parent. And that was probably the first thing I said. I put my arm around them and I said, you need to know that dads aren't perfect. We don't always get it right. But this thing of uh, being a dad is, is not easy, but we can become great dads, I believe. And although there's no perfect earthly father, we do have a perfect heavenly father. And uh, I, I, I want to just, one, draw a parallel And uh, honour our Heavenly Father this morning, not only because He's worthy of the honour that we should give Him, but also He's an incredible example of what being a father is all about. And uh, just before we come around the time of dedication, uh, I want to just highlight three things that God is as a father to His children and the lessons that we can learn from that this morning. And the first one is simply this. Number one, that God loves His children isn't that a noble, a noble concept, that God loves His children? Um, why? Because God is love. For God not to love us, He would have to stop being Himself because the Word of God says that God is love. Yeah. God doesn't love us so much as He is love and uh, it's just a, a part of His character. It's a part of His nature. He can't help but love us because He is a God of love. God loves us. And because He loves us, we can in turn love Him. The incredible thing about His love for us is that it's an unconditional love. In other words, it's not based upon what we do. It's not based upon how good we are. It's not based upon how bad we are. He loves us unconditionally. And I love that thought and I love that notion. The Bible says it this way, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before we did anything good, before we did anything to please Him, He actually offered Himself as a living sacrifice to us because He's madly and passionately in love with us. Contrary to popular belief, God is not an old man in the sky with a long beard, waving a stick, and He's mad at us. That's not the picture of God that the Bible presents. The picture that the Bible presents of God, our Heavenly Father, is one who's madly and passionately in love with us, and He loves us not based on what we do, but who we are. Much like at the birth of a brand new baby, as uh, we're going to actually get to witness in just a moment as we come around our time of dedication. But I think back to the birth of our three children. What an incredible life changing experience. I cannot tell you what happens as a parent when a child is born. You just fall in love with them. It's amazing. You just fall in love with them from the moment they come into the world. and, And when they come into the world, it's not very pretty. And I, I was there right at that moment and I was cutting the umbilical, 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 umbilical cord. <laughs> I think cutting the cord should be unbiblical. It's just wrong. I'm just like, oh my, oh, it's so squishy. It's just like, oh my God, really? But our child, oh my gosh, so beautiful. And then they get all cleaned up and they put them in your arms and you just fall instantly, madly in love with them. They haven't even done anything. In actual fact, all that they do is just bad. <laughs> they, they burp, they poo, and they spew. That's what they do. And, and you clean them up and you, oh. And, and I think I've learned the, the actual original meaning of the word baby. The original meaning of the word baby means time waster. <laughs> How many parents do you just waste so much time you can just stare at them for hours? And they haven't even done anything, but you're just in love with them. That's the kind of love that the Father has for us. Before we did anything for Him, He just fell madly and passionately in love with us. It's an unconditional love, much like the love that we have with our own children. We love them even when they do some of the dumbest things. We still love them. This is the love that God has for us. It's not based upon performance. It's not only unconditional, but it's also sacrificial. It's a sacrificial love that God has for his children. Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 16 the God so loved the world that he gave. That's what love is. Love is what love does and true love gives. And we see God giving and giving and giving over and over and over and again. What an incredible example to us. And I want to tell you to be a dad 2019 is going to take a love for our children. unconditional love for our children because our children aren't always going to get it right and it's going to take a sacrificial love for our children you are going to do things as a dad that you never dreamed or imagined but the joys far outweigh the pain of some of those moments God loves his children and so should we secondly God encourages his children The Bible is full of stories where God encouraged his kids. Back in the Old Testament, God told Moses that he would be a deliverer leader. This is when he was hiding away in the wilderness, fearing for his own life, and God spoke kind words over him. He says, nah, you're better than this. You can do it. You got this. Come on, Moses. You can do this. He told Joshua that he will be with him just as he was with Moses. Can you imagine taking over from Moses? Moses is an incredible leader. And now this young guy, Joshua has to take over him. That can be daunting. Everyone's saying, oh, they're big shoes to fill. and, and, And Joshua's feeling the full weight of that. And God says, come on, Joshua, I'll be with you. You can do this. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. You can do this. And right throughout the Scriptures, we see God encouraging His children, male and female, over and over and over again. Why? Because that's what good dads do. They encourage their kids. They recognise something that's on their life and something that's in their life, and they help bring what's in out. One of the great joys I've had, of uh, raising three kids along with my beautiful wife is is identifying certain gifts and talents within our kids and and helping them to to make good, wise decisions. And I think of our oldest daughter, Jordan, who's incredibly discerning. Uh, She's been able to have deeper meaning conversations with me and Kath uh, from a very early age. And she's had wisdom beyond her years. And and when she was in years 10, 11, and 12, she got a, a liking for psychology. And I thought, man, you know what? I don't believe everyone should be psychologists. I think most psychologists should not be psychologists, but that's another story. But I I think, man, God has preordained certain people to be certain things and to do certain things. And I thought, man, sweetie, this is a great fit for you. And she's such a talented girl. It's not the only thing she could do in her life, but it's certainly a great fit place to start and so she's been able to sign up for university and 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 get the teaching and the the training that she needs in that area why because of the incredible privilege we've had as parents to be able to come alongside our kids and encourage and fan into flame the gift of God that we see in their lives I think every God-ordained psychologist that is out there should become psychologist. and everyone who's not called for that should not do it amen You know what I'm saying? And that's the privilege that we have of parents to be able to be in their world. We encourage with our words, with our presence and with our assistance. In other words, our words create our worlds. What we say is what we're going to ultimately experience. If you think no one loves you, guess what? To you, it's going to feel like no one loves you. But if you think, you know what? The world's for me. The world is not against me. You're going to live a much bigger, brighter, better life. And your words are going to bring you into your destiny. Words create worlds. Right in the beginning of time, it was God who spoke and he said, let there be and there was. He said, let there be light and there was light. Let there be earth and there was earth. Let there be planets and there were planets. Let there be animals and there were animals. And then he He spoke man into existence and he spoke woman into existence and he spoke all these things and the world was formed. And just as God created the world with his words, so you'll create your world, your world, sorry, with your words. What we say is incredibly powerful. I remember as, as a little tacker, and, and by the way the little tack up there, the, the behind you can see, it's not Mitch. <laughs> Mitch has been copping a little bit of flack this morning uh, but it's not. His, his bottom is not that good looking. It's just not. It's <laughs> That, that that's that's me and my dad, and and I and I remember being a young kid, and you can see how skinny I am. But my dad saw my potential. He used to grab my little arms, he said, Oh Tony, you've got such big arms, you're so strong, and he nicknamed me his little super boy. And so I just grew up thinking I was super boy, that, you know, and I just it just gave me an incredible, uh, healthy perspective of who I am in God. And I'm so grateful for the encouragement that I received as a young man grow or young boy growing up, and it's something I've tried to put onto our kids and and just speak life over them and speak joy over them. Many of you know the story about Mitch when he came home from kindergarten one day, a little bit forlorn, a little bit sad because someone had kind of noticed that his left hand looked a little bit different than his right hand and his left hand looked a little bit different than every other kid's left hand. And he said, Hey dad, why was I born like this? And I knew that day was coming, but I just didn't know it was coming that day. And God gave me a stroke of genius as to how to answer him, uh, an answer that I didn't have until that moment. And I just looked at Mitch and I said, Mitch, I don't know. And write this down. If you're a parent, if you don't know, don't make something up. Write that down. If you don't know something, don't make something out to make yourself look better than you are. Be honest. Be real. God can work with honesty. And no sooner had I said, I don't know, I got this God drop. I said, but I also don't know why you've got blonde hair. I don't know why you've got piercing blue eyes. I don't know why you're incredibly handsome. I said, Mitch, I don't know if you know this or not. There's a lot of ugly kids out there, but you're not one of them. You're amazing. You're awesome. And he just has walked around ever since. I'm awesome, I'm good looking. Hey ugly, how you doing? (laughs) Which is far better than just going on about the problems in our world or the brokenness in our world or the things that aren't quite right in our world. I think we'll always live with a measure of brokenness, but man, we have an opportunity to help people focus on the good and not necessarily the problems. There'll always be problems. Jesus said it this way: He said, The poor you'll always have with you. And that would be true of every area of your life. Problems you'll always have problems disappointments you'll always have them with you but you know what Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full and we have an opportunity to be that life and to bring that life to people we were in Queensland just recently, and uh, part of the reason we was up there was to support our youngest daughter in her aerobics competition. Yes, aerobics has made its way back onto the platform again. Long live the 80s, I say. And there we were watching all the things, and I'm kind of in my, let's get physical, just kind of living, reliving my childhood. And it's a singing kind of day. And uh, and, and there is BJ, and I, and I saw her about to go on, and uh, she didn't know where we were sitting in the the uh, crowd and I could see her. She was just looking. She was just looking. She was just looking. She she wanted to know that we were there. And and so I'm standing up here like trying to get her attention. Then she finally caught eyes as to where we were in the crowd. And I just saw her settle. I just saw her settle. I I saw a peace come on her. I saw a smile come on her face. Guys, that's our privilege, that we would not only speak encouraging words over our kids, but that we would be there with them. And God is a God that never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's always with us. The ministry of presence is such a powerful ministry. It's such an important ministry. Never overlook the time that you get to spend with your kids. And what I would say, when you're with your kids, be with your kids. And let me tell you what being with your kids or not being with your kids looks like when you're actually with your kids. This is what not being with your kids looks like when you're actually with your kids, when you're on the phone. Uh huh yeah, yeah. There's got to be moments where we just put our phones down and we just talk and we just enjoy one another's company because God not only loves his kids, but he actually encourages his kids. But you know what else he does? You're not going to like this one as much, but it's just as important. He also disciplines his kids. God loves his children. God encourages his children. And to all the dads out there, I would say, like God, we need to learn to love our kids and encourage our kids. But God also disciplines our kids. And I believe that's something that we should be involved in as well. I read a story recently about parenting. And in this book, it talked about some triplets. And they were three boys that got along really well. And they were so loyal to each other that even when they did something naughty, they would not dob on each other. And the author asks the particular dad, he says, well, how do you discipline your children then if you never know who does it? He says, well, that's real easy. He says, what I do, I send them all to bed without any food and in the morning, I discipline the one with the black eye. (laughs) When we talk about disciplining a child and when you have to discipline a child, what's the reaction of the child? Nine times out of 10, it's you don't love me. We associate discipline with not loving. But the Bible sees it the exact opposite. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but in the end it produces life. Why? Because... The Lord disciplines the ones he loves and he chastises everyone he accepts as a son. When God disciplines us, it's because we're his sons. Have you noticed that? Someone can do something wrong, but because they're not connected to you, because they're not related to you, because you're not responsible for them, you let them, you just, you just, you know. You can be at the shops and you see some kid just playing up, but because he's not your son, you don't discipline them. being disciplined is actually a sign that you have a dad in your life. Can, Can we put a positive spirit on discipline? The next time you're being disciplined, you can thank me later, parents. But next time you're being disciplined, say, wow, go to God and say, thank you, Father, that you've put someone in my life that won't just let me get away with me being me. Because one of the great privileges and joys as the keys come up we're about to move in a time of dedication in just a moment. But one of the great privileges of being a parent is to help shape their future. The Bible says it this way in Psalms, it says, or Proverbs, sorry, train a child in the way that they should go, which sounds awesome. And it, makes, it looks great on your fridge. But when you have kids, this is what I learned, they don't always want to go the way they should go. Enter the parents. Enter dad. When your children need to go a certain way, and that certain way they don't want to go, that's where dads come in. And to all the dads out there, I want to say, hold on to your courage. I know we live in a crazy politically correct world where you're not allowed to do this and you're not allowed to do that. And it's detrimental to the children, but you have a responsibility to train your child in the way that they should go so that when they are old, they will not depart from it. The Bible still says, spare the rod and spoil the child. We need to make sure that we bring the correct discipline to our children. Now, as I've already mentioned, we've got three kids and we've disciplined all of them, but not all the same way. You, you need to know what discipline looks like for your children. But every child needs to be disciplined. Why? Because if they're not, they will go their own way. I'm not doing that. I'm not eating that. I'm not having that. I'm not going to say sorry. I've never met a child. When you say, hey, you need to apologise to your brother. You need to apologise. To your son. Oh, great idea. <laughs> what a brilliant idea. I was just thinking the same thing. I have never met a child that thinks like that. But well, that's the way they need to go. You need to go to your sister now and, and apologise. They weren't going there. That's not the way they were going. They were going back to their friends to whinge and complain about their sister. They weren't going to apologise. And we have to train them to go the way they should. No, you're not going to your friends. You should go to your sister and apologise. You should go to your brother and apologise. You should go to your mum and apologise. This is, this is the incredible responsibility, joy and privilege we get to be dads. So good. Three kids, all disciplined, but all disciplined oh so differently. Why? Because they're oh so different. Jordan, our oldest man, she's strong. Oh my gosh, she tested me. God gave our strongest kid first. I wish He kind of gave us a bit of a, a kind of a, a bit of a taste, just a lead up to the strong one. But no, He gives us the strong one, the opinionated one, the one that's not going to budge too easy. And I remember some of the moments where I had to discipline her. She, she, she was never going to cry. She, she was tough. My gosh, she was tough. But I thank God. She turned out to be a beautiful young lady. I remember when Mitch came along, our, our, our second child, I thought, right, I'm ready. I'm ready. I know what to do now. You gave me. I know, I know what to do now. I'm ready. And so when disciplining Mitch came along, I, I, here he comes. <laughs> Look, that's what he did, walk away. Jordan his Jordan's stuff on stage, this is cool. Jordan's like That was her posture in discipline. Mitch is like no no, 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 no I'm signed no, no, no. <laughs> You have a right to defend yourself, am I right? Uh, yes, I yes I am <laughs> I was just telling Naomi this on the way up It's all true Yeah <laughs> <laughs> And I thought man I can't discipline Mitch the way I disciplined Jordy It's just not going to work I'm going to traumatise the kid <laughs> <laughs> Then BJ came along And she followed kind of Mitchie's example She's, oh, no, no, no. Maybe she was smart enough just to work out that If you act more like Mitch you get away with less you Get away with more or whatever I don't know But each child has been an incredible privilege and an incredible joy in raising and rearing. And I'm so grateful to God for that. I hope through what I've shared this morning that you can be inspired to become a dad like our Heavenly Father. But of course, we can't do that in our own strength. We need the help of our Heavenly Father. God has not designed us to be something without Him coming alongside us and helping us in what He wants us to become. And it's my prayer that for every person in this room, that you would all have a God encounter and get to know Him in order that we might be able to model His ways and not just our ways. Let's be honest. If you look around at the world, there's a lot of pain, there's a lot of hurt. In actual fact, God gets blamed for a lot of that. But in actual fact, if you stop and look, how much of what we're implementing that God wants us to implement, versus how much we're ignoring, and let's be honest, we're ignoring far more than we're implementing. It may have something to do with why the world is in such a mess. Let's not blame God. Let's get back on God's plan and God's purpose. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au.